Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and we'll be working through verse 7 all the way to chapter 12, verse 8. This is our second to last sermon in the book of Ecclesiastes, and you'll see today he does a little bit of summarizing what we've covered over the last few weeks, and then next week is a summary statement, what he has learned in the process. I will warn you ahead of today's message, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 1 through 7 is one sentence, and it is not very encouraging, but it is very, very helpful and instructing. And you'll see as we read through this. So, young people, old people, buckle up. It is a word for you this morning. We'll start, verse 7. Light is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However, many years... One may live, let them enjoy them all, but let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. You who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. So then, banish anxiety from your heart. And cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark, and the clouds return after the rain. When the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, And those looking through the window grow dim. When the doors of the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades. When people rise up at the sound of birds, and yet their songs grow faint. When people are afraid of heights, dangers in the streets. When the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred. Then people go to their eternal home. And mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground which it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, everything is meaningless. Let's pray. Father, as we open up your word, I pray that we hear from you. Lord, I pray that you open up our minds and our hearts to hear what you have for us this morning. And Lord, I pray that we do remember you, our creator. And let us rejoice in the day that you have given us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The main thrust of this passage is to remember our creator, to remember God the creator and sustainer and giver of life. And as that happens, it will lead to rejoicing. Or you could put it another way. The reason why there's so little joy in the world today is because there's so little thought of God. In this passage, you will see again and again, if you're going to have joy in this life, if you're going to rejoice over today, you must remember your creator Live in light of knowing Jesus. 
And so in Colossians 1, 16 and 17, it says, For in Christ all things were created, our Creator, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. So if you're going to live a life that is full of joy, it will be found in remembering Jesus, living according to His will for you. John 1.3 puts it this way, Through Jesus all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. So remember our Creator. Sidney Grindenhouse, an Old Testament scholar, put it this way, Before it's too late, remember your Creator in order to enjoy life. Pretty simple illustration of this happened last night. We had a wedding here. Some of you know the groom, Nelson Perrin. He's a young guy, a great coach uh, for us last year at Holmes High School. Um, he was getting married to Jocelyn, uh, a girl that went to Holmes, graduated, was on the cheerleading squad. And so, the awesome thing that they're committing to each other, uh, richer or poor, sickness and in health, they're going to be faithful to one another. Despite external circumstances or internal feelings, they made a covenant before God and witnesses, hey, I'm here for you. Well, I don't know how long the honeymoon phase lasts, one or two years, but this may have set the record for shortest honeymoon phase. After the wedding, they got their pictures, and there were so many people coming at Nelson saying, hey, don't forget about this, don't forget about this, you got to be here, you got to do this. Well, as he loaded up the car, one of the groomsmen came by and says, hey, jump in, we'll get over there to the uh, reception quick. Well, he gets in the car and goes, but his bride is downstairs. <laughs> She's changing shoes and, and comes up the steps, and I'm at the door getting stuff ready for today, and she's like, hey, have you seen Nelson? And <laughs> I said, uh, yes, uh, let me call him real quick. So I give him a call, I say, hey, Nelson, uh, are you forgetting anything? He's like, man, probably, but, but I've got to get to the reception. I go, Nelson, where's your bride? <laughs> He's like, oh, man, I'll be right there. Well, the problem is I was right on the phone in front of her, and so I hang up, and I said, oh, he, he's pulling around. And she looks at me and says, he forgot me, didn't he? <laughs> and so I don't know how I should answer this. I said, ah, he's on his way, he's on his way. Sure enough, they pull up, and he gets out, and walking up that sidewalk, you could see in his face, he's like, oh, man. So he opens the door, and, and there's Jocelyn. And she goes, how can you forget me? We just got married. He goes, honey, I was just pulling around from the back parking lot to the front parking lot. And she's like, that doesn't take 10 minutes. So honeymoon over, right? You can't forget your bride. I'm like, uh, Nelson, I don't know about you if you know this, but if you go to the reception without your bride, it's not going to be too much of a reception. So, oh, I know, I know. Hey, the same is true of life. The same is true of life. If you're living your life doing what you think is best, forgetting about God and what he has for you, you'll find no enjoyment. And there's so many people that try to do that. And I believe that's why so many people are so frustrated. If you want to maximize your joy, remember your Creator. And in doing so, your joy will be full. And so this is a pretty simple message. It's a pretty simple text. The end of chapter 11 is about enjoying life today because you're not promised tomorrow. And he's hit this thing. 
As a matter of fact, he's hit this theme six times in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he's going to hit it one more time, seven times. Now, why do you think that is? You want to know why I think that is? Because he sees, I think, what you and I see. You've got to fight for joy. What I found is there's a lot of people that are miserable, and they would love to bring you down into their misery. And so when you hear about reports in life, how many would you say are filled with joy? How was your week? Ah, let me tell you about my week. That's not what we hear here. Life is hard, but joy can still be full. And it all plays into remember your creator. So, how do we rejoice over today? Seven times he's brought this up in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, chapter 3, twice, chapter 5. You heard about this in chapter 8, and then 9, two weeks ago. He says, go, eat your bread with joy, drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. Right? It's, it's enjoyment. And I think just something as simple as that with, with our meals, because they've come routine, we forget to give thanks and enjoy them. And we rush through them. And what the writer is saying is, hey, slow down and enjoy life. And then you see this in verse 9, and, and specifically he's talking to students, to youth, to young people. It says, you who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Now, isn't that an interesting thing to say to young people? Why do you think that is? I think a lot of times what happens with young people, they're so busy that they forget to enjoy life. When I just look at, at students, you look at grades, ACT scores, jobs, can I save money, will I be able to move out, what's plans after high school, worried about what other people are thinking, and it's so hard to enjoy life. But there's also another reason why Solomon's saying enjoy life in your youth, because it doesn't get easier to enjoy life, it becomes more difficult. The longer you live, the harder you are going to have to fight for joy. It doesn't get easier with age. It gets more and more difficult. So let's, let's see this. In chapter 11, verse 7, you see, enjoy the sun today. So light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. Right? That's being thankful for another day the sun has risen. So rejoice. Rejoice. Be glad in it. Give thanks. Today is a good day to rejoice. And then in verse 8, enjoy today because death is coming. Danny Aiken puts it this way, contemplating death is a means to enjoy life and a means to live wisely. When you know you don't have forever, you make the most of right now. And so in that backdrop of verse 8, tomorrow's not promised, so right now, today, enjoy it to the glory of God. Verse 9, this is where the, the main thrust of this text, enjoy life while you are young. Think about this. Young people, we've got a, we've got a crew here this morning. You can't wait till you start driving. You can't wait till you graduate high school. You can't wait till you get to college. Then you can't wait to get out of college. 
You can't wait to get a job, then you can't wait to get a right job. You can't wait to get married, then you get married. You can't wait to have kids, you have kids, then you can't wait to have grandkids. You get the right job, and then you can't wait to retire. You get to retirement, you can't wait to hang out with the family, then you get tired of the family, you can't wait till they have to go on the holidays. Life is filled with can't wait. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. And so hear what Solomon is saying. Enjoy today to the glory of God. There's a, listen, I don't do this often. <laughs> I'm going to quote two country songs. Uh, you talk about cruel and unusual punishment. When I cut grass with Dad, he was the DJ in the truck, and he listened to one station. It was B105. And so I learned a lot of country songs unwillingly. But there's a couple of them that have to do with what uh, this passage is, is talking about. Till You Can't by Cody Johnson has these for lyrics. Just tell me if this ring true, rings true to you. You can tell your old man you'll do some largemouth fishing another time. You just got too much on your plate to bait and cast a line. You can always put a rain check in his hand till you can't. You can keep putting off forever with that girl whose heart you hold, swearing that you'll someday further down the road. You can always put a diamond on her hand until you can't. There's a box of greasy parts sitting in the trunk of that 65, still waiting on you and your granddad to bring it back to life. You can always get around to fixing up that Pontiac till you can't. So take that phone call from your mama and just talk away, because you never know how bad you'll want it till you can't someday. Don't wait on tomorrow, because tomorrow may not show. Say your sorries, your I love yous, because, man, you never know. If you get a chance, take it while you've got time to take a chance. If you have a dream, chase it, because a dream won't chase you back. If you're going to love somebody, hold them as long and as strong and as close as you can till you can. Today is a good day. Enjoy it. And then the last country song that I will quote this morning is by Trace Atkins. You're going to miss it. Now, this is going back to 2007. And he gives three different stories about the same young lady. So she was staring out the window of that SUV, complaining, saying, I can't wait to turn 18. She said, I'll make my own money and I'll make my own rules. Mama put the car in park and there in front of the school, she kissed her on her head and said, I was just like you. You're going to miss this. You're going to want this back. You're going to wish these days hadn't gone by so fast. These are some good times, so take good look around. You may not know it now, but you're going to miss this. Before she knows it, she's a brand new bride. And in one bedroom apartment, her dad stops by and tells her this is a nice place. She says, it'll do for now. Starts talking about babies and buying the house. Dad shakes his head and says, honey, just slow down because you're going to miss this. Five years later, there's a plumber working on a water heater, dogs barking, phones ringing, kids crying, one kid screaming. She keeps apologizing, but he says, they don't bother me. I've got two babies of my own. One's 36 and one's 33. It's hard to believe, but you're going to miss this. You see, when you're young, you always look forward to tomorrow, something in the future. And what Solomon is saying is enjoy now to the glory of God. You move on, and this is very, very important. 
and please do not take this out of context. You who are young, verse 9, you who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. So I want you to be very careful here. You see this because a lot of our motto, if I say our, I'm not in this younger generation, I got to be careful. The younger generation's motto is follow your heart. If it feels good, do it. If it makes you happy, pursue it. And so they'll use this verse, but this verse is followed by a guiding principle. God will judge. And I want us to be careful here. God is not reigning on your parade. He's not limiting your fun. He is maximizing your joy. You see, sometimes people get the idea that they know what life's all about. Party it up, sleep around, do whatever. But that leads to heartache and regret. Great times for a moment, a lifetime of regret. And what God is saying is, hey, remember. Remember your creator. Now, this makes sense to me. If God created us, and he has, don't you think he knows how we best operate? He does. So maybe you've played the game red light, green light. Guy's up front, turns his back, says green light, everybody's running. He turns around, says red light, everybody stops. If you keep moving, you go back. It's a very simple game. Kids love it. They start arguing with the referee, but they love it. And they're trying to get to the person so they can be the light. Well, this is a very simple principle. If your life is lining up with God's word, that's a green light. Go for it. If you cannot do it to the glory of God, that's a red light. Don't do it. If you want to maximize joy in your life, live to the glory of God. And if you can't do it to the glory of God, that's a red light. Don't do it. That will only bring heartache and pain and regret and shame. It's a very simple game. And so I, I tried to think, what are some things, red light, green light, that, that we could do so your heart and your eyes see it and you go after it? How about this? For high school seniors or college graduates, the world's telling you, hey, you've got to hurry up, get to college, you've got to hurry up, find a job. But what if God calls you to do a year on the mission field? And God stirs your heart. He sets your eyes to it. This text is saying, hey, go get after it. What if God is stirring in your heart right now, starting a Bible study at your school? That's a good thing. That can be done to the glory of God. Do it. What if you're a young family and you have neighbors that they won't come to a church building, but they'll come to your house for a meal. And as they come, you can pray for them. You can share with them. You can help them grow in their relationship with God. That's a good thing. Get after it. Enjoy it to the glory of God. So many things there this verse plays into. But then we keep reading in verse 10. Enjoy life by banishing anxiety from your heart and casting off troubles from your body. You talk about a booming business right now. Anxiety. Depression. When you forget about God and you think life is in your hands and it's up to you to make something happen, 
You weren't created to handle that pressure. That's what our Creator does. And you can't get enough medication to relieve that anxiety. So how do you deal with this? How, how do you deal with that anxiety? Well, the answer is in the next chapter. Remember your Creator. He is the one who gives and sustains life. Trust Him. Trust him. And, and listen, this is easy for me to tell you, but I want you to hear this. I get stressed out even now. And I'm, I'm getting up in age. Depending on who you ask in here, I'm old. Some of you would say I'm young. Some of you would say I'm old. So I'm somewhere in the middle. But I can tell you this. I haven't learned this. I forget about this. But when I start thinking everything is dependent on me for bills and family, and whew, you can feel that stress. But when I wrote, no, God is the creator and sustainer of life. Let me throw that on him. You will have rest. So enjoy life today. Enjoy today. But then the second part is remember your creator. And this is chapter 12, 1 through 8. And, and listen, this is, this is crazy. But in Hebrew, this is all one sentence. So it's talking about death, and then it makes you read this. If you read this in one breath, you'll be out of breath. Oh, man, I'm tired just reading the, the sentence. But this is a poem. An uh, Old Testament scholar named Murphy says this. Old Testament, Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 7, is a poem that is relentless in its move towards death. Everything here has to do with the drawbacks of getting older and older. And I want you to, to see this. Because, hey, three times in here, it talks about remember your creator. You see this in verse 1, but, but then you see the before. So it's talking about remember your creator in the days of your youth before the sun and the light. That's verse 2. What do you do before that? You remember your creator. And then you go down to verse 6. Remember him before the silver cord is severed. It's constantly saying, remember your creator, remember your creator, remember your creator. And I want you to understand, what does it mean by remembering? Walter Kaiser offers this insight. To remember your Creator means to bring to mind daily what your Creator has done for you and to act on this knowledge. I think we understand this, right? Um, remember the Alamo, right? It was used to motivate soldiers to fight. Remember the Titans. The speech was given. Let them remember the day that they played the Titans. It was to motivate a team to play hard-nosed, competitive football. And here, this remembering of God motivates us to do something. When God remembered Hannah, he did more than say, Oh yes, Hannah, I almost forgot about you. When he remembered her, he acted decisively on her behalf. And she who was barren and unable to conceive, conceived a child and his name was Samuel. And so our remembering of our Creator motivates us to live and enjoy life. That's the remembering that this passage is talking about. It's not quick recall. It's not, oh yeah, thinking about God every once in a while. It means living in light of who God is and what He has done. It means making Jesus, the Creator of all things, central in your life. That's what remembering your Creator means. So the first part, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. 
Ogden, uh, another Old Testament scholar, points out, the poem begins and ends with God the creator and God the giver. Thus Solomon instructs youth to start early and develop a lifestyle in which God as creator and sustainer is central. Is that true, young people? And I don't know where you want to cut off the line. We won't take a vote on it. But while you are young, develop a habit of when you wake up, remembering your creator. It is very, very important to build on this foundation. And you see, it's easy to forget about God when you're young. You're healthy. You think you've got a lot of tomorrows. You're strong. You can lift weights and you recover in a day. Some of us, if we lifted weights, we wouldn't recover in a year. That time has come and gone. But because you're young, because you're strong, and because you're healthy, you have a tendency to forget about God. Don't do that. You need to develop habits now so that when the trials come with age, you'll still remember. Remember God when you are young. You see that. Remember your creator, verse 1 in chapter 12. In the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. And I don't know how many in this room have gotten to that, but my grandpa, 91, has said that to me. He goes, Ben, I don't know why I'm still here. I'm ready to go and see Jesus. And now he's not complaining. He's not bitter. But what he's saying is, I've been to more funerals now of my friends than I have friends left living. He sees the deterioration of his wife of 70 years struggling through dementia. Painful. He was in an accident, driving the van, messed up his knee, and now for the rest of his days he's walking around with a walker. And he says, I'm ready. But then he also says this, but I remember what God's called me to, and I'll be faithful until he calls me home. That's what this verse means. The longer you live, the harder it is to enjoy. So you better start with good habits now so that when the day comes, you don't leave and forget God. Verse 2 through verse 5 is an exclamation of the aging process. And this is a remember your creator as the days become many. In verse 2, the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark. That's an illumination of life growing dim. In the middle part of, or the second part of verse 2, the clouds return after the rain. It's one setback after another. I won't name any names. We had a member walk in this morning, said arthritis was killing her, but she couldn't focus on arthritis because she got a shingle shot, and that made her sick. It's one storm cloud after another. You love to focus on a hip that's bad, but your knee's bothering you. Or it's an illness, or it's a fall, or it's a broken bone. And it just keeps coming, rain cloud after rain cloud. Verse 3, the keepers of the house tremble. The keeper of the house trembles. This is talking about hands. How do you protect the house? A strong man will use his hands. And what once was able to protect 
now shakes. Middle part of verse 3. When the strong men stoop, you have backs that once could carry heavy loads, now find it hard to carry their own body weight. We read on in verse 3, the grinders cease because they are few. Now, in this context, it's talking about teeth. Back in the day, the teeth would rot and they didn't have an answer for it. You just lose it. And what he's saying is, hey, eventually you run out of teeth, so good luck on chewing. You're not going to be able to chew. You can't walk and now you can't chew. But the, the poem's not over. The sentence keeps going. The end of verse 3. Looking through the windows grow dim. So you can't walk, you can't chew, and now you can't see. Your eyes grow weaker and weaker. And now listen, I've hit this point. My eyes were not as strong as they used to be. I used to have 20-20 vision. Now I try to memorize the letters on the board as I go into the eye doctor. Right? That doesn't help. <laughs> Everybody else knows I'm blind, but I'm lying. I'm just memorizing the letters as they go across. Eyes start to fade. Eyesight goes. Verse 4, shutting the doors to the street so noise can't be heard. You can't hear. We had a music director at one of my churches. He was the only one willing to lead music. He wasn't very good, but he was willing. And our biggest problem was he had to hear, turn up his hearing aids to be able to hear the tune. But when he turned up his hearing aids, there was a high-pitch buzz. He couldn't hear the buzz, but he could hear the music. Everybody else heard the buzz, couldn't hear the music. And so trying to navigate that was kind of tough. The doors to the street were shut. Hearing starts to fade. Keep reading in verse 4. Rise up at the sound of birds. It's easy to wake up. Anything can wake you up. A little noise. But then the verse goes on, but you can't hear the birds sing. So something wakes you up, but you don't know what it was, and now you can't get back to sleep. Easy to wake up, but it's hard to get any rest. Maybe some of you are there. Verse 5, afraid of heights and dangers in the street. What once gave us no thought, we now must worry about. The getting sick, the falling down. Because one fall could set you back, rain cloud after rain cloud. The middle part of verse 5, 5b, the almond trees, when they bloom, they turn white. Points to how hair changes colors. I wish my hair would change colors. Mine just, with gravity, changes places. Verse 5, see the grasshopper dragging. Kidner puts it this way, what once embodied lightness and agility now drags itself along. And then verse 5, the last part, then we go home. And you see, with all the aches and the pain and the worry and the closeness of day after day, knowing that death is in the future, it's harder and harder to remember your Creator. I am so thankful that this church has both extremes. We have young people that we want to encourage. Remember the Lord. Live your life to the glory of God now. In elementary school, in middle school, in high school, in college. Be about what Jesus has called you to be about. 
I am so glad that we have people who have lived years remembering the Lord so that now, as it's difficult, the young people here probably haven't even realized how painful these pews are. They might not have a cushion. They may have a cushion. But we know that there are people sitting right now in pain, and it probably is hard to concentrate. And yet you're here, remembering your Creator. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then we go to this last part, verses 6 and 8. Remember your Creator before life runs out. Verse 6 is showing us that life is broken. Life is broken. The silver cord is severed. The golden bowl is broken. The pitcher is shattered. The wheel at the well is broken. What once brought light, the silver cord and the golden bowl, is now shattered and broken. It's now dark. And then the, what once brought water, representing life, the pitcher and the wheel, it's broken and dry. Verse 7, back to dust. Spirit returns to God who gave it. It doesn't get any easier remembering God. It gets harder. Aches and pains drown out the memory of God. So do it while you're young, and then in your old age, you won't forget them. Life moves so quickly. So if you're going to rejoice in today, it will only be through remembering our Creator. I want to show you uh, a picture. If you put that picture up there, I don't know if you can see it real well. But this is going back, and I don't even know how many years back this was, but just to show you, and, and many of you know passage of times like that. So these are three of my four daughters. The fourth one has not arrived on the scene yet. The one to your left, that's Balin. She is now in eighth grade. In the middle is Ava. She's a senior, drives her own vehicle now, doesn't need the truck to get her around. And that's not Dia, that's Camden on the right. And you want to know what? During this time, I thought this was going to take forever. You had diapers to change. You had to run them back and forth, uh, every little thing. And you know what? That time is gone. Look at that truck. Now, that truck's still running, but you want to know what you don't see? Rust. What you can't see, there's not a hole in that bed. That's why those girls are there. Now, if they step in there, they may fall through it. Thanks to Phil Madison, one of my D linemen, put his foot right through the truck. But you want to know what? I didn't think about that when I was driving the truck then. I just assumed I'll just keep driving it. You see that neighborhood? I haven't been back there in 10 years. The opportunity to impact the neighbors there for the glory of God has come and gone. But you want to know what? When I was living there, Lived there for nine years. I thought, I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow. Tomorrow's a better day to invite the neighbors over. There'll be more time then. And so when I read this passage, do you see the urgency? I do. I do. And the call, hey, remember your creator, Ben, and enjoy life today. Enjoy life today, because before you know it, it will be gone. And so that's what I wanted to show you. Just And listen, all of us in the room could do this. All of us in the room could do this. You don't get back yesterday. And don't think tomorrow's better. Right now, enjoy it. 
Think about that. We're gathered here on a Sunday morning to worship God, a God who loves you, who gave his son for you so that you might enjoy his presence forever. But you know what? The same makeup of people will never be in this room at this time ever again. So let's enjoy it. I'll leave you with two passages. And then we'll go into our time of response. And both of them have to do with remembering our Creator. The first one, and if you're taking notes, this is one that many of you know. And if you don't know, we need to know. Isaiah 40, 28 and 31. Because our strength, young and old, will fade. Cannot sustain. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That is my prayer for myself. That is my prayer for you. That you remember God and He will maximize your joy and you will run and not grow faint. You will walk and not become weary. Not because you're relying on your own strength, but you're relying on His strength. The Creator of the heavens and the earth who never grows tired, who never grows weary, whose wisdom and knowledge we can't even fathom. Let Him be your power source. Remember Him all the days of our lives. But you want to know what's awesome? Not only are we called to remember God, but did you know that God remembers us? One of the most powerful pictures of this in the New Testament is in Luke 23. Jesus is crucified, he's hanging on a cross, and you have two criminals on each of his sides, and one of them calls on Jesus. Listen to his words. The other criminal rebuked him, says, Don't you fear God? He said, Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, speaking of Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Have you ever called on the name of Jesus? If you have, know this, when you breathe your last, he'll remember you for all eternity. And you will be in his presence. If you haven't, don't wait. Now is the day to remember your creator. To call on the one who can save you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for gathering us here this morning. Lord, I ask that you move. I pray that you take your word and hide it deep down into our hearts. Father, we struggle so much forgetting you day in and day out. And so, Lord, I ask the young and the old in the room that we remember you and that through remembering you, our joy may be full. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.